Okay, back at it from Pizza Republica in Landmark. The Modern Eater Show continues. We're about to release the Kraken. We have a bunch of hungry guys ready to go. This is, this, this is the new items on the menu, George. It looks fantastic. Chef Mike Springtime. did a great job. Chef Mike crushed it. All right, not Tracy, but Danny, how are you? I'm doing great. Good to I'm see doing you, great. the Grape Juice Group. We're going to talk wine here in just a second. And, of course, my friend James Doxon, Chef James Doxon here with us, too. All right, everybody jump in. Let's grab some delicious food. And uh, i got to go right to the ravioli because this looks fantastic. I'm going to grab one of these. What are you going to grab, James? Mm, I'm going to grab a little of everything, I think. I think you should. It looks amazing. I'm Look at all the these springtime flavors and colors. So, George, you do tastings fairly often as well, too, right? You bring in influencers to talk about the food and those types of we things. We do. You know, we, start, we start with our, with our staff, and you know, they, they have the, the best things to say. And then we, then we try it out with all of our guests, and then we try it out with our friends and vendors, and then I'll invite some Instagram people in, and we'll taste with that. Because to me, the more feedback you can get, there's always a little tweak you can I make agree. here, a little tweak you can make there. For me at the Modern Eater Show, it's all about community. It's all about local businesses doing business with other local businesses. We have the guys in the next segment from the Farm Box who are going to talk about some delicious products that they give you guys Best here. Best mushrooms I've ever seen. These are pretty cool. So we'll be doing that as well. This Grab is amazing. Bit of food. What do you got there? I have a little of everything. I had the crab cake. It was like having happiness in my mouth. <laughs> Look, speaking of that, Danny, let's sit down. We'll have yeah. a little bit of wine. First of all, talk about the Grape Juice Group. Well, Grape Juice Group, we are a Denver, Colorado-based national importer, and we work with um, European wineries. So we are, our, our wines are available all over the United States in, 50 st in all 50 states. And um, we just love wine and we love people. So... We, we try to bring hidden discoveries and fun things to people that normally they wouldn't have access to. When you work with a guy like George Eater, who's very particular, he knows his taste, he knows what he wants, and he knows his restaurants. George, you've said time and time again, I carry all Italian wines. 100% Italian. Yeah. And they're, they're spectacular. To this day, the best Italian wine find I've had has been from Danny. Oh, thank you, George. Yep. Explain. This is the wine oh. you turned me on to, right? The Daniele Conterno Barbera. I think when I, when I brought, met you. when we first met, we brought Bolognese and I brought Conterno's Barbera. Yep. Because to me, for the bang for the buck is what you're looking for in mm -hmm. wine. Like, who can make the best wine that drinks like a hundred dollar bottle for twenty? I'm glad you said that. What does a hundred dollar bottle of wine drink like? Like heaven. This is what <laughs> normally, and, but and this, he brought me a $20 bottle to drink that way. I want to ask you about this, Danny, and I do this to anybody who's a wine aficionado, and if I wasn't terrified of Bobby Stuckey, I'd ask him the same question. <laughs> I love Bobby. Is wine subjective as far as pricing goes? Now, I, I know that there's a lot of things to have to do with, well, the. The climate was wonderful that year, and this side of the slope had this much exposure, and the, we had <coughs> plentiful water. Or, it, it, how do you explain wine and the price variance? That's a great question. Um, you know, wine and quality, as it relates to price, is something that drives almost any importer absolutely uh, in their in their business model. So we say, all right, you know, t you take a wine like Pinot Grigio okay. that there's plenty of. So, and, and you're presented with, with dozens and dozens of them. So, how does this wine react to the price and the quality? 
And so, really, it, it sounds simple, but it's really hard to do mm -hmm. because wine is made in almost every region in the world. And you look at Italy, and it's almost every corner there's a vineyard. And um, so, how do I find that wine that is phenomenal, that is so underpriced for what it is? Mm -hmm. Price sometimes really gets out of control when a, when, when, when a wine uh, becomes incredibly popular mm -hmm. because they can't just increase production by 10 times if they're going to keep the, the authenticity of mm -hmm. it. So what drives the price up? Scarcity, popularity, and uh, that wine gets more and more and more expensive. Like if we were sitting here in Does 19... Does it start out at one price and then work its way? Oh, absolutely. So it's like water finding yeah. its own level then, right? Absolutely. We were, if we were all sitting here in 1987 and we were opening a bottle of Sasakaya, George, what do you think we'd pay for that? Like $40? 40 bucks. Yeah. Now? It's 400. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So it's supply, it's demand, it's how it drinks, and then it's the story behind it as well. So I, I get beer, I get spirits, and spirits a little bit more complicated, how you barrel age things, and you can tell the story about the ingredients and certain nuances that are done during the um, aging process. And, I, and the price point seems to be fairly consistent with that until you start getting into collector's items yeah. and that kind of thing. Wine to me, and, and again, one of the best explanations that I've ever had as far as wine goes, but at the end of the day, it has to be really good. What makes a really good wine? Uh, I think honesty. You know, there's a lot that you can do with a wine. Sometimes wines get to be like Dr. Pepper. You have no idea what's in it. I remember growing up as a kid saying, oh, if we had all these ingredients, we could make a Dr. Pepper ourselves, and you can't, you can't recognize any of them, right? I like wines that are honest, that, that don't have food coloring, um, wine should never look like Barney purple. Nope. Barney the dinosaur purple. It should never look like it doesn't exist in the world. Mm -hmm. But there's a lot of wines that are that purple, right? Sure. That's 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 not real. Yeah. That's chemistry, and that's okay. I mean, I don't I don't knock anybody for liking a Dr Pepper. It's good stuff. But knowing what goes into that is important. I like honest wines. I like wines that are made, um, and that are and they're different every single vintage because every vintage gives you something different, right? So I like wines that are true to their vintage, that are honest, that don't have a whole lot in them other than grapes. Straightforward ingredients. Straightforward I ingredients. I love it. Okay. And, that's, and that to me is where my passion lies. I love it. Okay. So we can't talk wine without having wine, right? You brought some wines that obviously yeah. you're passionate about. You mind just <clears throat> taking us on a little educational tour right here? Yeah. I mean, George was talking about the Daniele Conterno Barbera, which I don't have here, but he has over there. Um, I love that famous family, young guy making great, honest wines. The wines that we brought here today, though, are um, Poggio del Moro. So Poggio del Moro is like one of my favorite new discoveries. Uh, Tatiana is the owner and, and the winemaker, the head of wine. She is this amazing woman that is, is, is making wine in a very male-dominated region in Italy for mm -hmm. winemaking. And she is just slaying dragons. She's funny, she's fun, she's passionate, she's making natural wines, and she's making it in an area called Chianciano Terme. Okay. And that's kind of like the Sedona uh, of, of Tuscany. Perfect, okay. Very spiritual area, these beautiful like, like um, streams that are going through that are with sulfur water, mm. and it, the mud in the bottom, since the days of Romans, they've been sticking their feet in there, and they have those, this gray mud, and you cover your whole body with it, and then you feel like a different person after that. And she's making wine in that region. There's not a lot of producers in Chianciano Terme. So she makes this wine. This is really cool. This is like all the rage. This is called Petnat. This is Petnat. 
And this is awesome because this is like, say you had, haha, <laughs> Nat likes to do that. <laughs> say you had your favorite beer in the world, uh -huh. your favorite champagne in the world, uh -huh. and your favorite white wine in the world, and they got together, and this was their love child. Yeah. Okay. And that is Pet Nat. It's all natural fermentation in the yeah, bottle. Yeah, and I see some of that fermentation. And uh, you can see it right there in the bottom. Yeah. Beautiful, uh, wonderful expression of supernatural wine. Now try it. And if my description yeah. was wrong, school me. Tell me it was wrong. Cheers. These, these are on my spring wine menu. Yeah. Man. This is the coolest thing you're going to taste this year. These are hot right now. They're super hot. Like, we tell people we have a, a great natural pet nat, and um, literally in the United States, our entire allocation for the country is 168 cases. That's nothing. Most wines are 20,000, 30,000 cases. That's a party. Yeah. Oh my gosh, so much flavor in a glass. Uh, right? That's, a, that's like if Sunday was fermented, <laughs> yeah. That's what it would taste like. Am I wrong? It's yeah. I mean, that's pretty good. It's story time with Danny Keefe, and I really, really enjoy this. Uh, just taking a walk through wine, and, and really, when it comes to wine, that's what you're experiencing, and those are the people that I want to be about when drink, be around when drinking wines, is let's talk about the story of the wine, the people behind it, the makers, the purveyors, the land, the terroir, all of the things that come to play when having a delicious wine. Super yeah, fun. Cheers. cheers to this. Tell us another story. That's what I'll, we love. I'll like, tell you another story. So her, her white wine, so she has a couple different, you, you see this one, Poggio del Moro, the Rosso. And what's the, the price point of this, just to ask? Here, it's going to be. The Pet Knot's probably 50 bucks. 50 bucks a bottle. Yeah. In retail, it's probably, what, 25? No, it'll be about 30, 35 retail. 30, 35 retail. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And um, so Pretty what's good great deal is, here. Yeah. What, what do you think, Chef? On the, the wine? Yeah. Oh, it's amazing. Yeah. I love it. I'm a huge fan of sparkling wine, basically anything with bubbles. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So how uh, am I going to feel the next day with this? You're going to feel great. It's low alcohol okay. and it's natural. Got it. So there's, there's like nothing that. artificial in there. So many times people say, oh, I love wine, but it gives me a headache. Yeah. And I say two things. Well, one, don't drink four bottles. That'll give you a headache. <laughs> two, drink a lot of water while you're doing uh -huh. it. Or three... What's in your wine? Yeah. Maybe there's some crazy chemical Sugar, that you're sulfites. having a reaction yeah. to, right? Yeah, I like that. It's not, you know, it doesn't have all those uh, excess sugars. You know, it's it's naturally fermented. I love it. Isn't that fun? I love it. Story time, Danny. Let's go. Yeah, so Danny she, and I have done a lot of fun, fun stuff <laughs> since can. COVID started. Yeah. yeah, we have. We've had uh, some COVID wine days. Okay. Oh, yeah. And open up some spectacular bodies, bottles of wine just to alleviate some of the stress of what's been going on in the world. We've been having so and much fun. Yeah, we've had some, I we've had some great invited. wine days. And Danny's been like a, a wine mentor and a great friend through all of this. And I want to, you know, cheers to you for Thank being you. awesome. Oh, I can't cheers with an empty glass. You got to cheers with okay. the evil, eh? Yep. Yeah. Because. Danny, you, you let me oh, cheers with an empty glass, though? We got to redo that. We got to redo oh, that. No, you there can't was enjoy a... great food without, without great, great wine. Yeah, cheers. Great wine. Absolutely. Cheers to you, Jim. Totally agree. That's. Oh. That's part of life right there. Fully agree. So the other fun story is, so she has kind of two lines. One, her classic line, her Rosso and her Chianti. I mean, she goes through so much to make these. Like, this, this, this Rosso is four different varietals, all of them fermented at a different temperature, which is perfect for that varietal, and then blended together at the wow. end. Where is this vineyard? This is in Chianciano Terme in Tuscany, yeah. uh, southern Tuscany. Yeah. Uh, where, where, what camera are we? 
Danny wants to go to the vineyard. I can tell already. Let's go to Tuscany. <laughs> Come on. Yep. Keep getting vaccinated. Let's go to Tuscany. That's right. Um, so she has two lines. One is she calls her flower power line. The Ivole, which is a play on the word love in Italian. Ivole. And this is a blend. This is awesome. This Is, is this what we're having right here? This is what we're having okay. here. This blend is as authentic as you could get. Like, she's not trying to just make a varietal that everyone knows about. She wants to make Ivole. She, I was about to say she wants to make love. Eh, maybe that's inappropriate. She wants to produce love <laughs> in a bottle. It's, it's, it's Grichetto, it's Trebbiano, yeah. and it's Malvasia. And it's such floral happiness right here. Now, gosh, I, I probably even shouldn't go down this road, but demographically, <laughs> demographically uh, are there certain wines that you see certain demographics that like like middle-aged women versus middle-aged men or young ladies versus young sure. men okay good i sure. i think i said that well to not you say did. okay how, how would you explain the taste throughout different palettes and age groups and genders that's, that's actually pretty good yeah, that's a yeah, great question yeah. evil a really is best for the democrat the the demographic of Happy people. <laughs> of happy people. Yes. <laughs> really? Yeah. Interesting. This is a wine for happy people. If you're yeah. angry, you're not going to like this wine. If you're a happy person, you're going to love this wine. Think about it. Get your nose. I know. Let me see if I like it. I'm, I'm yeah. so, I'm yeah. so, so angry. Let me see how happy I am. And I'll give I'm so angry right now. I'll give you the secret to figuring out any wine, and the, you only need to worry about one thing. I think I know what you're going to say. Greg, what is the best wine in the world? The best way is the best that wine subjectively? in the entire world. What is the best wine in the entire world? Well, I figure that's a trick question. Ask James. It, <laughs> anybody can answer this question. What's the, best the one, one you like. That's it. The one you love. Yeah. Yeah. The yeah. one that you like. The one best. that you're drinking right that's now. It. You know, like wine that you love to drink. Wine so subjective that you don't need to get caught up in all of these different profiles. All you had to worry about, I, do I you get it. like it for you? Right. And but, that's it. Okay, but back to the original question that I asked, demographically and gender-wise, are there certain tastes for the palate that they're drawn to? And, I mean, because you think of a rosé. I mean, that's a girl's wine, no? Rosé is one of my no. favorite things. Yeah, I love rosé. I love rosé. <laughs> I love rosé. I don't know. Help you me know. out here, guys. Is there <laughs> there's, there's no, anything there's to what of, I'm trying I to I think what he's study. trying to, yeah. to yeah. I think what Greg's getting at is, is, you know, it's something I've noticed, and tell me if I'm on the right path, uh, is a lot of it, when, when people are searching out to buy a wine, actually buy a wine, a lot of it is label. Yeah. Uh, what does it look like, right? And, yeah. and of course, price point has to do with it. But... Yeah, and, and a lot of it is that uh, that stigma or societal norms that I, I would say like, oh, you know, I, I like a Chardonnay with a pretty label, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, there's generally a demographic associated yeah. with that. Um, How about like a, a strong, rich red? Or a super rich you know? red, yeah. 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 yeah, I like, you know. With a cleaver on. I've had people that love both. I've had very mm -hmm. burly gentlemen that love a rosé, uh -huh. and I've had very petite women that want the biggest tan and gripping Sagrantino you could ever But find. do you see how you drew that very um, contrasting parallel to those two yeah. demographics? People so there are, taste. Uh, I, I get it, I get it. Thought it was just an interesting question. But you question. know what, Don't it is a you, want a, you want a fun one, Greg? <laughs> yeah. At Pizza Republica, What's your number there's one been you? days where we have not had one male guest in the building. Mm -hmm. Let wow. me know those days. It yeah, happens, yeah, yeah. <laughs> happens a lot on Thursdays. I'll swing by. 
ladies, and, it, right? and we've, we have a primarily female clientele, and they really, they'll let us know what they like and they don't like. Yeah. And that's kind of where we gear some of the lighter, healthier, fresher yeah. flavors to, to our female guests because that's, you know, they're the decision makers. They're the ones that are saying, hey, honey, let's go here, let's go there. And you do a frosé machine in the, yeah. uh, in oh. the warmer month. Do a frosé right? with a great Aglianico that, that I get from Danny. I'll be here. Yeah. Yep. This Aglianico is from this tiny little village that I stumbled upon by accident and fell in love with this family. And I brought it back, and George was one of the first person people that I talked to about it. I'm like, George, I brought these back from Italy. Let's sit here and drink I it. And we it. had one of our little outside moments, and Remember that? I opened up yeah. the red, white, and the rosé, and we're like, and George is like, oh, my God, then, Danny. Then we pitched on a rosé machine together. Yeah. They, the, this and little family in Basilicata uh -huh. bought George a rosé machine, a frosé machine, yeah. and they're like, George, this is great. We love it. And this is, you know, they sent us pictures of themselves. Like, they're so excited about their rosé from this tiny little village in Basilicata is is being enjoyed by our so frose? many people. It's their that's frose. so cool. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I think we need to have an ongoing segment that's story time with Danny Keefe. Uh, I told story. you you love him. I'm down. Hey, hey, cool. <laughs> Tell us another story. Another great story is the, the giallo. I love this wine. So this is a little, I, Tatiana will like, if she was here. So Tatiana is really cool. Tatiana is actually um, Russian and moved to Tuscany and bought this place. And, she, and I'm like, oh, a little hummingbird. And she's like, no, Danny, it's an insect. And I'm like, no, it's, it's a hummingbird. <laughs> she goes, no, it's an insect. And I'm like, okay, fine. It's your wine. You own it. You know it. But it is, I did some, she's right, it's an insect. It looks like a hunting, hummingbird. And it does the same thing that hummingbirds do. This is a rosé from Sangiovese. And when she told me the price, I said, oh, Tatiana, I love it. I'll buy a case for myself, but nobody will buy it. So she's like, okay. We do this. We, we make it so that everyone in America can, can, will buy it. And we did it. And this rosé, this is the new 2020 uh, Gallo rosé. It is like, I'm going to have you guys try it. Sangiovese is one of the oldest varietals. There's only there's the three main varietals of Italy. The most important are Nebbiolo, Sangiovese, and Alianico. Right? Yeah, Pretty absolutely. much. Sangiovese actually comes from the word sangue, which is blood, and jove, which was God, right? So blood of God, Sangiovese. Versus in Sicily, the main wine is Nero Diavolo, blood of the devil. So it kind of difference between mm. Sicilians and, 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 mm -hmm. and mainland Italians. This is made from Sangiovese. Are you calling me the devil? Yeah, yeah. I was like, <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I was like, George, you, you, and are you and I are both from, our ancestors are both from Sicily. So, yes. you know, yeah, it takes one to know one. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> So this is a rosé of Sangiovese. You got to try this. This is like um, drinking this is a gift you give your body. Blood of the gods. You, you mentioned something that I ask a lot of folks who do wine and they stumble on it. I, and, and maybe there's no answer to it, but I'm going to ask you. What's the difference between a variety and a varietal? A varietal is a specific grape. So in, in, in Italy, um, there are 3,300 varietals. That's those are fighting words, by the way. There could be a lot more. 3,300 varietals. So Sangiovese is a varietal. Chian or Sangiovese, or, you know, Sangiovese is a varietal. Alianico is a varietal. Cabernet Sauvignon is a varietal. Pinot Noir is a varietal. A variety could be 
um, up also fighting words, up to interpretation. A variety could be red table wine. Okay. It could be sweet wines. It, it could be it could be imports. Mm. It could be domestic, right? I mean, my interpretation yep. that that I believed it to be was a variety was the grapes itself, and the variety the varietal would be the part of the the region that it was from. So the variety of grapes would be the varietal of the region. Who knows? I don't know. You know what the first um, word that came to my mouth when I tasted this? Gorgeous. I don't know why. Gorgeous. Gorgeous. Tatiana's going to love yep. that. Tatiana is a beautiful Tatiana person. Tatiana is gorgeous. She's gorgeous. She's gorgeous. Yeah. So when, when drinking wine, here are some of the other confusing things to where, and, and, and maybe wine doesn't want it to be more approachable. Some people fear wine, right? Going out to how, what do you order? How do you order it? Just pronouncing some wines can be very confusing. When you approach wines and, <coughs> hello. How are you, George? Hello. Um, <laughs> What are some just one, two, three steps that you can do to start off to start to acquire some more wine knowledge? Like, when I open it up, does it need to breathe? What wine does? What wine doesn't? Why am I swirling it? Do you hold it at the top? Is that going to make your wine warm? What temperature should you drink wines at? Where, what are some of those kind of just beginning points to where you can dive in to make yourself feel a little bit more comfortable? You know, those are great questions. Um, wine should be fun. Okay. And there are not sometimes, you know, it should not be intimidating, uh, although it can be. I the did. thing about our industry is that um, there's a lot of people, there's a lot of amazing people in our industry, but, but when, when, you're, when you dive into it and you start studying, uh, sometimes it, the tendency is to lose yourself in the details. And we should never stop forgetting what George said is that wine should be what you love. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, wine, some wines are meant to be aged a long time. This Chianti and this Rosso, this Rosso is on George menu, George's menu. It's fresh, it's wonderful. It's 2015, and it's right now in its drinking zone. The whites are 2020. So, you know, wines need oxygen to express themselves. So they're bottled, and then they're closed off from the world. So there are wines, we've opened some together during we've our COVID time. What does oxygenating do to a wine? It wakes it up. Oxidizing? Think about it this way. Think about it this way. And when you say open up, what, is, what does that mean? Open it, up the flavor, the bouquet? All of the above. Okay. Yes. So if I locked you in a bottle for 20 years. <laughs> Ooh, that stink. You'd need, a you'd need a few <laughs> minutes to air out. Yes, I would. Let a little, uh, yeah. little yeah. air get to Too it. Too much, Greg. Little, I get little it. too much, Greg. We're gonna let Greg mellow a little bit yeah. in that glass. We're gonna let some of the some of Greg out of that yeah. glass. We're gonna let him soften a little bit I love it. and show his age. Perfect. By getting a little air to it. See, that's what wine okay. needs. Truly, that is so approachable. The way that you said that. Yeah, and uh, I, totally. very understandable. And if you want to learn more about wine, there's drinking wine for fun. Yeah. Which is just drinking wine. Yeah. And if you want to expand your knowledge yeah. a little bit. Keep the fun yeah. and drink with a little bit of purpose. Can I taste this, this, yes, or yes, this? Yes, 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 yes. When I taste this rosé next to this rosé, uh -huh. that's the best way because then you get to compare. That's for fun. sure. I like this and I yeah. don't like this. Mm -hmm. Can I keep this out on my counter overnight? Uh, Opened? Uh, open, no. Um, what will happen to it? Um, so, you know, wine goes kind of like this. So, like, when you open it, if it, this is a wine that is six years old. All right. So as soon as you open it, um, it's good. But if you give it a minute, it's better. 
and then it kind of is like a, it gets to a point where then it's going to go down. So it's already exposed to oxygen when you open it, mm -hmm. but if you leave it open overnight, and it's interesting, there are some wines that you can leave open overnight that are really amazing the next day, mm -hmm. but there's others, maybe not so much. So generally what I will do, if, I'm, if I've opened a bottle of wine and I, and I haven't consumed the whole bottle, I've maybe had a glass or two, I'll put a cork on it and I'll, I'll, I'll just keep it anywhere that is cool and dark. Not exposed to daylight, not exposed to heat, not next to a heater, and it's gonna be fine for two or three days. If I want it to be there for a week, then I'll put it in the refrigerator and um, that'll slow down the evolution. But wine has an evolution, it goes up like this and down like this. Now, it's, it's, what's interesting is, generally speaking, uh, I think George and I have talked about this a lot, is that almost any wine, including champ sparkling wine, champagne, anything, benefits from being in a decanter. More exposure to oxygen. Um, the older a wine gets, it can be, there's no absolutes in wine, but it can be uh, to its detriment. So if a wine, we've opened some during our, our COVID days mm -hmm. that are wines from the 70s and 80s. You open that and it's got about a 15, if it's good, still good, it's maybe got a 15 to 45 minute life and then it starts dying. Wow. It's really incredible. Yeah. Wow. That's what's cool about wine is like, one is there are no absolute rules mm -hmm. and two is it's fun and three it's discovery and mm -hmm. four just, Go with it. Yeah. I think that is the coolest thing. I right. love, uh, my wife and I love drinking wine, you know, at home, and it doesn't really matter what it is. We like, we've discovered we like any kind of wine, right? Uh, as long as we're having fun and enjoying it together. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. And that's the most fun to me. You know, I'm a very, like, curiosity-driven sure. person. And I just love, you know, doing taste tests side by side or, or you know, saying oh man this this wine like was was really good uh just slightly chilled where this one was you know you know better you know room temperature and it's always different it's, it's an always, exploration it's always process. different Absolutely. i just think yeah i think yeah. it's so cool that it's that you can like have all of that exploratory you know uh stuff around it i got one more question for you but i don't want to hog you um, because uh, honestly, you're just a wealth of knowledge that I really oh. enjoy tapping into. I've learned from this guy. Chef, you have a, a, an awesome, amazing palate and you really develop a lot of menus and work with a lot of food. The crossover between tasting and palates and wine and food, uh, th th that's what must fascinate you, right? And pairing wines with foods? I think so, yeah, yeah. I, I think so. I think it, I think I speak for both George and yeah. I, it's, it, it's, it's within the same realm, wine is food. Right. Wine is food. Wine is food. Amen. Wine is wine food. is food. Uh, and I think a lot of us say that, and it's it's uh, the same as I would say, you know, liquor or beer is food as well. Sure. Uh, it's all this, but wine is so complex in the way that it's made. Yeah. And, and I was fortunate enough to work at a winery a long time ago yeah. making wine, um, and uh, you know, very little little expertise or knowledge there, uh, but it, it's just so interesting the different aspects that go into it and. And um, every small little detail in winemaking seems to make just the biggest difference in the in the flavor, and it it goes all over it the does. place. I, you know, we have a walking encyclopedia here with us as I far know. as wine goes. What, what would be the one question that you would want to ask him? 
We all got one left in us. Oh Get yours God. ready. Oh, my goodness. Uh, well, I got, good. I got a, fun, a fun challenge for everybody. Uh, okay. I well, like let's go him first. You want to go him so first? I, I got a good yeah, one, so too. <laughs> okay, yeah, sorry. Yeah, to so I, <laughs> what do you got? So the super fun wine challenge, and you'll dig this with your wife. I love it. Find a bottle of wine that you love. Buy six bottles or a case of that wine. Open one bottle a year for the next six years or 12 years. I love and that. And tell me what changed. Okay. You're going to learn so much about how wine goes up, wine goes down. It changes. <coughs> that It grows up, it grows old in a bottle. And I've done this many times with many different wines where I bought a case and I only opened one bottle a year. And it's amazing how different that exact bottle of wine changes over its lifetime. I got to say, Greg, as somebody who that's drinks cool. a lot of wine, that's a that's going to be really hard to do. I'm going to want to open. <laughs> You're going to want to open. I don't it. know if I'm going to no, last a year. It's You're gonna, it's it's discipline. Discipline. It takes discipline. James basically write yourself a letter, yeah. self-addressed stamp, right? Put it in the mail, <laughs> and then get it a year later. A future self. Yeah, <laughs> a little yeah. wine chastity belt on yeah. top of it that ah. you can't open. Oh, yeah. Right, chastity belt. I'll give the I'll give the key to you and uh, George. <laughs> you know Danny Keefe really well. Tee him up. Get the best out of him. Give him a question. Uh, I don't know. Danny's got the best stories. Like, I met Danny years and years ago when we were doing nightclubs and lighting and that kind of the world that we grew up in here in Denver. And one of the, when he first started getting into wine, his next door neighbor in Cortona is Francis Maves, who wrote Under the Tuscan Sun. And he brought Francis Maves in and we did her wine launch in the United States. And I was like, oh, have you, have you met Diane? Oh, yes, I met Diane Lane. I know Francis. I know this. <laughs> I and he's like that. the mayor of Cortona. I started hearing all these stories about Danny going through Cortona. And everybody's like, hey, Danny, oh, Danny. Oh, <laughs> hey, Danny. He's like the mayor of Cortona in Italy. And he's got a great house there. And we've been making plans for the better part of a decade to meet over there. We were actually <clears> going to go, plans last year to go before COVID hit. Mm -hmm. So now we have to wait until the world opens back up again, and we're going to get over to get over to Italy and share some time together and meet some friends and meet his friends over there. And we have what half a dozen people that we've been promising we were going to come and visit. Oh, for sure. And we just haven't gotten the time. The lore yet. of Danny. Do they call yeah. you Danger Danny or Dangerous no. Danny? Or, <laughs> no. Huh? Danger. No. Do good Danny? Come it's, on. There's got to be something in it's there. It's funny. George says that. Some people say that. I, I brought some friends of mine there years ago, and they're like, oh, you know, eh, you know, everyone in Cortona knows Danny. And so for some of my friends, I uh, went to this tobacco shop, and they're like, oh, yeah, we're friends with Danny. And he's like, who's Danny? Who's Danny? And he's like, and the guy's like, Oh, that's Kiara's dad, my daughter. Like, my daughter is truly <laughs> the mayor of Cortona. She knows everybody there. Uh, oh, it's so Danny's cool. dad, <laughs> or it's Kiara's dad. But, um, you know, I, I don't know. The thing about, the thing about wine and, and, and friendship and things like that is, like, you know, this is the honest truth. I, I love people. I love people. I love wine. And that's a good start to almost every single day. Like, George talks about this kind of lightly, but, I mean, George has been my friend through the worst of times and the best of times, and he's the guy that I want to celebrate with, and he's the guy I want to cry on, on his shoulder with. But like during COVID, like there's time, I mean, George's restaurant is shut down. And I'm just like, ah, oh, how do I support my friend? And he's like, bring a bottle of wine yeah, and make a pizza. Yeah. You know? And so we sit outside there and we, you know, I, yeah. I, I go deep in my cellar and we sit there and we just talk about those life. Those are some of the best days where you're just, we got together and tried to just have a normal day with 
like there wasn't yeah. COVID. Yeah. And, and the wine kind of made you me. feel normal again. Yeah. For half a yeah. Month. Yeah. Interesting. Totally have a great Do you bottle have of wine. Yours? That's amazing. Uh, I, I guess a question, you know, and, and I thought we were going there for a second, um, is, you know, Danny, do you have, and, and George, uh, do you have uh, a way that you quickly, easily describe to people how to best pair uh, wine with food? Oh, um, great question. Yeah, how to best Where do you pair start? wine with food. Yeah. You know, we keep talking about all these, you know, how to, you know, make it easy on people. I have my, you, I have my answers, and I, and I think we're going to be very similar on that. Do you complement um, wine with the food, or yeah. do you do the antithesis of the flavor of that wine Contrast, with complimenting. the food? Yeah, how do, how do you approach food and pairing? I think you can absolutely do both. But when in doubt, one of the things I've learned that's foolproof over the years is if you pair the wine with the food of that region, yeah. years and years of history, they somehow got it right. Because when, when they began making wine in a region for four or 500 years, yeah. and the food from that region yeah. has been pretty the same for four or 500 years, they match up pretty well. <laughs> here, here, I got to put my hand What about up? popcorn? Yeah. I, oh. what, do you, what, do you, what do you pair with popcorn? It depends I, would, popcorn. I was going to say, I would pair this. So, yeah. so George, <laughs> Spark right here, what, yeah. I, what I heard. With truffle salt or without yes, truffle exactly. salt. Yeah. Yeah. Some of the indigenous <laughs> ingredients translates mm -hmm. into food, and that terroir tra transcends from uh, wines to food to anything that's being grown in the ground, and you're saying if it's from the indigenous from that region, yeah. they're probably going to pair well like together. San Marzano tomatoes. Vesuvia soil, okay. Aglianico, Vesuvia soil, Neapolitan pizza and Aglianico. You can't go no, wrong. No. Orfiano. Yeah, Orfiano. This is the lane I like Break to be in right here. Tell me about this wine, then I'll give you my last question for you. This is the Rosso Toscana. It's here at Pizza Republica by the glass. It's Merlot, Cab, Sangiovese, Syrah. So one Italian indigenous grape and then three, ones from, three, three, three varietals from, from France. She takes the Merlot and the Syrah, which are very fruity varietals. She ferments them at the coldest possible temperature, which is 20 degrees Celsius. And that is gonna preserve that beautiful fruit. Mm -hmm. She does a cold soak before that to preserve the integrity of Flavor it. Flavor lock. Flavor lock. When she's bringing it in from the vineyard, she's protecting from oxygen, mm -hmm. which instantly changes the grapes. Full CO2 wash. Full CO2 wash. Wow. Middle of the night, only on a full moon. Crazy, right? And then, uh, or as close to a full moon as possible because mm -hmm. of the, uh, you know, because of the, because of the timing. Yeah. And then brings it in. And then the Sangiovese in the cab, which are more tannic varietals, she's doing it at, at a high temperature, about 27 degrees Celsius. And then everything goes into the big neutral because she feels that oak should be a tool and not a weapon. I think over-oaked wines cover a multitude of sins in quality mm -hmm. of fruit. Concur. So... Neutral oak, the mm -hmm. big ones that they use like in uh, Vino Nobile or in, in Piedmont, the big tonneau. And she puts them in there and then after a year, then they blend. They have a blending party nice. where they taste everything, they blend the wines. Then she sticks it in the bottle for another two years. All of that for a wine that is uh, $40 on the menu. <laughs> wow. You know? That's so Thank impressive. You it's incredible. Segwaying into my last question for you. Again, those of you who watch the Modern Eater Show, this is the best wine segment that we've ever had on here. I want other people to be able to reach out to you. We've got a lot of uh, operators and, 
and uh, general managers and <coughs> restaurant owners, bar owners, to be able to reach out to Danny Key from the Grape Juice Group. How can people reach out to you? Uh, Danny at grapejuicegroup.com. You can go to my website and um, always happy to talk, always happy to have you come to our office in Cherry Creek. I always have a bottle of wine ready to be opened. Where in Cherry Creek? I live in Cherry Creek. 100 South Madison. I live on uh, First and Adams. Come by, man. My God. Good, dude, you can walk to my office. Totally. You mean stumble. I always <laughs> <have wine laughs> You'll stumble <laughs> back, not <laughs> stumble home. I You'll stumble I'll home. walk there, stumble home. Yeah, Maybe even Uber. Really Who knows? Easy I'll get to real talk bougie. Into opening a bottle <laughs> yeah. of wine. Really oh, easy. my God. I got, I got a new friend here. Last one for you. Consumers are very price driven. When people are going and they're shopping, and probably some folks will go just like you and I up to the King Supers on Leedsdale and see, see their wine collection, which isn't half bad. Where do you begin? And then, uh, so two-part question: Where do you begin to, to, you know, so you can be fiscally responsible and you want to start and, and kind of dive into maybe a little elevated wine than you're used to? No more box wine. Um, how do you do that, first of all, and then I've got one last, last one for you. You know, I like to find a wine shop. Um, I love uh, the King Supers on Leedsdale. Um, there's a lot of wine shops around the country and around the world that I love. My favorite wine shop on earth is in my town of Cortona. Okay. It's called Molasini's. It's in Piazza Republica, and you go in there, Marco Molasini yeah, is standing there. walk you through it. Yeah, you walk in, and the river, place river, is baby. tiny. It's like the yeah. size of this, this, this little area. And he, Marco is like, hey, what do you like? Yep. So good. And then you just start go talking there. and you go from there. Do we have any of that here? We town? have, yeah. Where? There's a place in Cherry Creek North called Vineyard. The Vineyard. Yeah. And I love it. Nathan and his team there are awesome. Cliff is the owner there. He's a beautiful human being. And you go there and you say, hey, man, uh, I got a $20 bill. And that's what I want oh, to spend. Oh, how cool. And I, He'll take here's what I love. Will you do that with me? Will you go down there? I we'll will do go a there segment? with you. That will be fantastic. Yeah, I will go there with you. And you know what? Nathan is one of my buddies. Like on Mondays, a lot of uh, the industry guy, not a lot, a few of our industry guys, we, I take off Mondays. We go on a bike ride. And then sometimes they come to my house. I cook for them. We drink wine. Nathan's one of the guys. I guarantee that he would let us do that. We're coming for you, Nathan. That's it. This table, we're jumping you down there at Cherry Creek. I'm a Cherry Creek native. 48 years, I've seen that whole place grow. It's changed a hot minute, huh? It has changed a hot minute. Last one for you. Other than Italian wines, what would a wine from a different region be that you would pick today? Oh, man. Uh, so many that I've I been love. getting down on some Argentinian wines. I love Argentinian wines. It's great. You know, a lot of, Argen a lot of Argen Ar Argentina. Um, was a lot of Mendoza people are Italian immigrants, um, and I like those wines. But you know, if if it's not Italy, what really calls me? I love Spain. I love Spanish wines, uh, especially from like Aragon, like Old Vine Grenache. Um, I also love French wines. Um, I you know what's not to love about France? Like beautiful people, beautiful food, beautiful wines. Um, you know, Burgundy, when you go there, it's like walking on hallowed ground. It's like you feel yeah. every one of your footsteps and you wind up spending uh, every dime you have on a great bottle of wine. But the great thing is like beverage, you can travel the world. Like I went with my wife once to uh, Normandy and we went to a little shop that did Calvados mm -hmm. and I spent there, it's a, it's a brandy made from apples. I spent like two hours there like getting, getting freaky with Calvados. 
So, you know, it, the world is amazing. And, and that's what's great about a great wine shop is you can go there yeah. and you can travel the world in a wine shop and just learn. Right? I'm going to travel the world through wine with Danny. I got to cheers you right now. Cheers, my brother. I know you got a hard stop places to be. Thank, Thank you so you. much, George. What a wonderful cheers, segment. Cheers. Please set up nothing. our next Cheers guest. You got to be on the show. Oh, no, 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 Bas. No, 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 we have Pizza Republica downtown. There's some great things that'll be going on there. Uh, All-Star Baseball weekend. It's more than a weekend. It's yes, a week, it's right? It's a full week. I know. Things the Major League Baseball experience at the convention center. We'll give you an update on what'll come for that. But uh, all's well in the world, and it's the reason for the season. Go out there and support your local restaurants and come to a place like this because you're going to get that full experience <coughs> between food and beverage program. It all comes together for a wonderful experience. Thank you, George Eater. We'll be right back in a Cheers. flash. The Modern Eater Show continues. Thanks, Danny. Cheers. Thank you, guys.